I'm Natasha Kingsbury. I'm Angie Chuck. Hi, I'm Ricky Lake. I'm Dr. Aaron Eugwin McMorrow. I'm Ben Joseph Stewart. I'm Bliss Young. I am Dr. Jacob Egbert. I'm James Goodlatte. I'm Kyle Kingsbury. I'm Lily Nichols. I'm Mark Groves. I'm Sarah Gustafson. I'm Jesse Golden. I'm Dr. Stuart Fishbein. I'm Marin Green. I'm Kelly Brogan, MD. Je m'appelle Rick Safries, et c'est le podcast du gynécologue holistique. Hello, I'm Paul Check, and this is the Holistic OBGYN Podcast. Enjoy. Welcome back, fam. We've got two very new friends, two very special guests today. Chase and Mimi of The Medicine Podcast. They are entrepreneurs. They're an amazing partnership. They've got an incredible love story, which we talk about in the show. And Mimi in particular is has been on a journey in developing a product that I feel very strongly about. It's AHCC Immune Intel, and it's a proprietary blend of mushrooms, myceliated blend. You know, normally we when you go to the grocery store and you buy mushrooms, you're buying the fruiting bodies, but a lot of magic happens under the soil, all these mycelial networks. And this this um, product has been well studied. There's been 25 plus years of research and development on this product, and uh, Mimi has brought it in a beautiful encapsulated form for you. And I actually have a link. I believe so much in this. I have a link on my website. And the reason that she and I connected about this is there's a gift from nature for your body to help reharmonize with its surroundings. And when we talk about viruses and, and uh, environmental stressors or geopathic stressors or whatever, we have to ask ourselves, are these things out there to get us? including viruses, you know, <laughs> what's happened in the past couple years with COVID has been, oh my gosh, we need to arm ourselves against this external enemy. But what if the, the virus being introduced into your organism is actually a message from the outside? And this gets into exosome theory and everything else. But what if that were the case? What if this is merely a message and your inability to integrate that message is actually the problem? And that's what we see as the pathology. And certainly, there is pathology. If you get pneumonia, viral pneumonia from COVID, end up on a ventilator and then die, that's pretty hard. That's hard for everybody. That hasn't probably been happening in the way that it's been described in the media, but we don't get into that into this episode. What we instead ask is, how can we provide the body the resources so it can learn and integrate these messages? I bring up in the show that young kids, when they get fevers, what we as parents do is we jump to treat those fevers. We want to bring those fevers down as quickly as possible. But is there a reason that their body is getting a fever and then plateauing and then the fever starts to dissipate? Is there some reason that our body does that? And that's an important question. I mean, this gets into the medical philosophy thing that I'm always jabbering on about. Why not ask the question as to what is the purpose of a, of a fever or what is the purpose of a virus? And if viruses are outnumbering bacteria and fungi and everything else, trillions to one, who's to say that there isn't some purpose for viruses out there? What Mimi has been uh, working on is how can we get this into the hands of people who need a little extra nourishment in order to harmonize with their environment? And I do think that the kingdom fungi members, including all of the mushrooms that you hold near and dear, what if that could actually be part of reconnecting to nature 
and through salutogenesis, providing the resources for your body to reharmonize and to perform optimally. In other words, let's help support that learning process of bringing this new information to the system. And I don't think HPV is, is any different. So the story with HPV is you get this infection from your partner if you're under significant stress, if you're a smoker, if you've got a weakened immune system, maybe you're taking some immunomodulating medications um, or immunosuppressants, like you had a kidney transplant or something, or you're on high-dose steroids for your uh, whatever, your eczema or your psoriasis or whatever else. Is that suppressing the immune system's ability to integrate the message of the HPV virus? And we know that in all those circumstances that women have a harder time clearing this virus, as, as do men. Um, which is how they pass it on. But men don't oftentimes get, they don't have any idea that they have HPV unless they were tested or their partner tested positive. And then they pretty much can assume as long as they're in a monogamous relationship that they carry it as well. So what happens with HPV is it seems to find its way into the vagina, the vulva, the perineal region, around the anus, and specifically around the cervix. It's not so much, I think, that it goes to the cervix, it's that we detect it in the cervix because something about this part of the body is lacking the resources to integrate the message of HPV. And what we do know, I don't love data because I think that there's a lot of there's a lot of crap going on in the publication world right now, selective publication bias, for example, pharmaceutical dollars going into this this selective publication process. But from the data, what we do know is that HPV, as soon as you're infected, there's about 15 years that have to pass for it to develop into cancer. So the body has this strange response to this new information, and that response is build more cells, which un- uncontrolled cell growth is sort of by definition cancer, right? This, the, can- the cells are dividing rapidly without any checks and balances. So somewhere in there, and German New Medicine talks about this, somewhere in there the message was, okay, we need to grow more cells because something's wrong with these cells. And so you build, 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 and it becomes cancer and it spreads to the pelvic walls. It compresses the ureters. It can lead to a very, very, very challenging uh, and often terminal journey whenever cervical cancer is left undiagnosed or HPV infection is left undiagnosed and nobody actually addresses the root cause of why the body is not able to clear this infection. So when people come to me with an HPV infection, they're like, I, I, they're talking about chopping up my cervix. They're talking, talking about using a scalpel in there and cutting it out. And I want to have kids. And they're talking about radical hysterectomies and all this other stuff. If, if this doesn't get cleared, that process is so emotionally, spiritually, mentally challenging for our female clients. And so what I do is like, we go back to the basics. Let's make the soil healthy. Let's give the body the resources it needs. It needs diet, movement, breath, hydration, mindset, sleep. EMF mitigation. Let's get all of that stuff in order. And let's see if your body's able to kick this. If you're a smoker, let's stop smoking. If you're using too much cannabis, let's stop doing that. If you've got some undiagnosed or untreated depression, or you're unhappy with your lot in life, let's get those things. Let's work on the things that we can control. And let's then see if your body will clear it. And most of the time the body does clear it. If we need a little additional support, pelvic steaming, which we talk about in the episode, is, can be very, very helpful because it increase blood, increases blood flow and it's using Chinese herbs to help rebalance the body's energetic systems. But then Mimi came along and she has this new product, AHCC from Immune Intel. And this is additional support to rebalance your adrenals, your nervous system, and uh, your immune system. Really all of the components. And we're not adding any external medicine 
like a scalpel or pharmaceutical. We're actually providing some way for the body to return to its state of its state of balance, homeostasis, through salutogenesis. And I find that to be a really, really powerful tool for us in the medical world. So I invited her onto the podcast, but we don't just talk about HPV. We also talk a lot about relationships and her and, and uh, Chase's story and and just what helped them both become very comfortable with who they are, showing up authentically and doing work that matters the most. I loved this conversation. I think you will too. We've got two sponsors for this podcast. The first is Fit for Birth. Fit for Birth is uh, owned by James Goodlatte. He's become a good friend of mine. And what they do is they provide pregnancy, postpartum specific exercise coaching to clients one-on-one. And they have an, a whole online course program where you, if you're a holistic lifestyle coach, if you're a personal trainer, if you're a CrossFit coach, whatever, if you're out there helping women or men exercise, you can further your education, continue your education through some online programming and get better, just get better at what you do. We know that in pregnancy and postpartum, we know that that is, it's a time when we really need to, to be intentional with how we coach women, right? We don't want to worsen their aches and pains. We don't want to worsen their pregnancy complications. But the good news is that when a woman is pregnant and she exercises, we have a decreased risk of hypertensive disorders, diabetes. We have better fetal growth. We have better placental health. We have decreased risk of placental abruption. We have a decreased time in labor. We also have a, a shortened, let's say, um, a more expedited natural labor and delivery process, meaning that instead of having to wait 41, 42, 43 weeks to go into spontaneous labor, people who exercise tend to actually have babies a lot earlier, 39, 40 weeks. So if you were to compare a person who had a baby at 42 weeks and get them on an exercise program in their second pregnancy, they're going to have a baby a little bit earlier. And there's books, there's, there's all kinds of research on this. So fortunately, James Goodlatte and his team have this all packaged up for you. I can't recommend them enough. Go to getfitforbirth.com slash beloved, and you'll find my specific page there. You'll save 20% on all of their services. I hope you'll check them out. Another company very much in alignment with this episode is Fullwell Fertility. They're also a sponsor. I'm so happy to have them. They make a highly acclaimed prenatal vitamin that's been consistently ranked best overall prenatal in a, in a variety of publications, namely Very Well Family, Healthline, Prevention, etc. And the advantage of this product is that the owner, Ayla Barmer, is a healthcare practitioner herself. She's got a whole bunch of credentials after her name, and there's a huge difference when your prenatal vitamin comes from a place within the healthcare system, but also from a woman who has been pregnant, has gone through her own pregnancies, and knows exactly what was lacking when she was seeking a prenatal vitamin. And not only has she overseen the formulation of her prenatal vitamins at Fullwell, she's also, she also oversees the whole production process. So we know that there's going to be quality control all the way through. They make three great products. One is their prenatal vitamin, amazing, loaded with everything, way more than almost every other prenatal on the market. They have a Nourish Nerves Tonic, which is a liquid dropper that helps to balance your nervous system, um, inducing a state of calmness, can help you with restfulness and sleep. And then lastly, which is really important, is a men's virility compound. Because we know 40 to 50% 40 of clients with fertility concerns, it actually falls to the male partner. And so by boosting up the nutrition, again, like we were talking about with the HCC, giving the body and the sperm, the testicles, 
the nutrition and the energetics required to make a lot of healthy, well-formed sperm, we're going to increase the risk of or the, the possibility of conception by taking care of both women and men. So if you want to check out Full Well, go to fullwellfertility.com. If you use code BELOVED10, you'll save 10% on any of their products. Another company that I'm so happy to have on board because they're so much in alignment with, with what I'm doing here at the Holistic OBGYN Podcast. I think that's it for the intro. Without further ado, my new friends, Chase and Mimi of The Medicine Podcast. Enjoy. Chase and Mimi, welcome to the Holistic Obituary Podcast. Thank you. So Thanks for having us. We are excited. Yeah, you you guys, we, we were already kind of waxing philosophical about, you know, women's health and whatnot. And I initially was thinking, why don't we save your product stuff, you know, the conversation around that for the later, later in the episode. But I think if people are really, really intrigued by the, the offering that you have through AH, AHCC, mm-hmm. I think that that's actually probably why they're listening. So let's start with that. And then we're going to get into the weeds as, as well as to your story yeah. and everything else. So, so you've got a product, it helps people clear HPV. Let's talk uh, everything HPV that you'd like to share. Yeah, I love it. I love just the open uh, runway here. (laughs) Um, So yeah, so the product is called Immune Intel AHCC. And it is basically a cultured, patented mycelial product. So the patent comes out of Japan, Sapporo, Japan, from a group called Amino Up. And they patented this product in the late 80s. And from there, they started clinical research right away. So it started with uh, liver disease and cancer, and they saw amazing results. So from there, in the late 80s, it, that research just started to grow and expand and snowball. So now, currently, AHCC is the most clinically researched functional food or immune special specialty immune supplement in the world with over 30 years of clinical research behind it. And just to put that into perspective, I'm sure your listeners are well aware, but just for anyone who's not, for a functional food, for a health supplement to have even one mm. human clinical trial <laughs> with great results is astounding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to have over 25 human clinical trials is that's why we call it one of the reasons why we call it the mushroom unicorn. (laughs) (laughs) So it comes from, it's not a mushroom in and of itself. So AHCC, if somebody looked up AHCC, they would, or or maybe they're some sort of mushroom expert and they're like, what? I've never heard of this mushroom. This isn't a mushroom. Well, it's not, it's, it comes from shiitake mushrooms. So basically the mycelia of shiitake mushrooms is cultured in a way um, where it is essentially more bioavailable for the body than, say, the fruiting body of the shiitake, which we all so know. So we all think about, yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. And that's what most people are using when they talk about functional mushrooms. They are using the fruiting body, which has its own you know, laundry list of benefits for sure. But AHCC is made up of what's called alpha-glucans, as opposed to beta glucans in the fruiting body. So alpha glucans on a molecular level is, is much, much, much smaller. So 
beta glucans, you know, somewhere in the range of 50 to a hundred thousand Daltons. That's the unit of measure that they right. use. And alpha glucans is way lower at 5,000 Daltons. So what that means for your body is that it's more readily, readily available, more bioavailable for you to absorb. So another reason why it's the mushroom unicorn, because most mushroom products out there, although they have great benefits, we use the fruiting body as well. Alpha glucans tends to have more bioavailability in the body. And so uh, we see these amazing results for things like you mentioned, HPV, um, but it's not, it's not necessarily an HPV medication yeah. or supplement. Yeah. It's not a cancer supplement. It's not a Lyme supplement. It's not an acne supplement. Although it's effective for a lot of these things, um, pretty, pretty reliably, it's not, it's a human body supplement. Yeah. And that's what makes it so magical is that it is amplifying the magic that already, the intelligence that already exists inside of our bodies that is made, we are created to heal ourselves. We don't even have to do anything for our bodies to heal itself, but so many things get in the way that become hindrances and hurdles to that healing, stress, toxins, glyphosate, like you name it. There's yeah. so many hindrances to that healing. And so what HCC does, one of the many things that it does is why we named our product immune Intel is it's increasing the immune intelligence inside your body by increasing things like, you know, the generals of the immune system, which is the natural killer cells, T cells, macrophages, things that their sole purpose, their primary purpose in your body, their primary job is to recognize and deal with properly things like mutated cells, cancerous cells, viruses. Mm. So when, you know, you get something like HCC in the body, that's increasing those cells by up to three hundred to eight hundred percent in a matter of weeks now your body has more of these specific resources to target to find and to deal with not necessarily kill right it's not it's not its job to kill but how does it effectively deal with these things that are part of nature viruses are part of nature right how does it deal with that so it's increasing the immune intelligence by increasing those very specific cells. And then it's also decreasing systemic inflammation right. by decreasing C-reactive protein in the body, which is the blood marker. I'm sure, again, you have a very well-educated audience, but if you, if you don't know that C-reactive protein is the blood marker that your doctor generally looks at to look at like, okay, what is the level of systemic inflammation that we have going right. on? The, the, the fire in the body that maybe needs some like, calming down. Right. And then it's also, uh, helping to regulate stress hormones in the body, like, like cortisol. Yeah. So when we get that trifecta of increased immune intelligence and decreased inflammation and stress hormones, that is like the Holy Trinity for healing. Um, so that's why I say it's not a HPV cancer liver, you know, acne supplement. It's a human body supplement. Yeah. It's helping your body get back to where it needs to be to heal X, Y, Z. So that's why it's, it's so effective for so many different conditions and problems in the body, but specifically uh, how most people find me is by needing that, you know, women who are essentially desperate for help in clearing yeah. their HPV. So 
I'll start there. <laughs> <clears throat> That's our show, everybody. Goodbye. There you go. <laughs> These guys know what they're doing. <laughs> the, the reason I love meeting people like you guys, and by the way, Chase, is there anything you wanted to add to that? I'm just yeah, kind of curious. No, this is, this is her complete stage. I'm just usually <laughs> jaw dropping. And actually, that's how that's how I came into discovering AHCC was we were uh, divorced and we were completely split apart. And we found commonality in the fact that we both just had a passion for adaptogens and it included mushrooms. And she mentioned like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm learning about this thing called, you know, active hexose correlated compound. I'm like, what in the hell is that? <laughs> uh, I'm almost like, almost like offended because I, I've been, wor- I'd been working in the superfood space and the supplement space and really familiar with cordyceps and lion's mane and reishi yeah. and these, yeah. these cool mushrooms. And I'm like, what the hell is HCC? <laughs> and actually I've heard about this yeah. n- and nothing but props for this girl because she went to literally the source. She, she goes to Japan she meets every single person in the supply chain. She validates this entire manufacturing process. If you're familiar with the mushroom space at all, you're going to pick up on this sort of fruiting body versus the mycelium, uh, almost like a civil war between the, the people who are passionate about mushrooms and selling mushrooms specifically. And in the States, a lot of times there are myceliated grain related products. So you can buy mushroom powders, for instance, or mushroom coffees. And in most cases, if it's from the U.S., it's mycelium, which is great, and we've already spoken about the benefits of, but it's also the great, the growing medium that it's uh, attached to. Yeah. It's, it's an easier way to manufacture. It's more affordable. And it's not to say that there isn't benefits, but the reality is that it's not pure mushroom. It's not 100% mushroom. So we actually point people traditionally to fruiting body mushroom. The thing that's really unique about AHCC is the long, the long form manufacturing process the extraction process. I mean, if, if you think about these root roots that we call mycelium on, on mushrooms, they're, they're delicate. So to, to extract pure mycelium is a mm-hmm. very delicate, gentle yeah. process. And, and that's what is involved in this yeah. AHCC process. So you're, it's really complicated. You're getting a very, very uh, pure version of mycelium, which mm-hmm. differentiates it from other myceliated products that you would find like in the US and thus has the benefits and the, the capability of expressing such benefits um, in the way that it that it mm-hmm. does. So that would be that would be the only thing I'd, I'd really add to that is just like one, I'm completely blown away at the level of diligence that she did on this product, especially one that's a mouthful. It's not the sexiest name to try to sell, <laughs> you know. A total mouthful. Um, yeah. <laughs> but two, there's a there's a component for kind of navigating the waters of medicinal mushrooms that as you get around fruiting body benefits, mycelium benefits, myceliated grain or myceliated growing compound benefits. And so there's a little bit of a nuance uh, in there that I think is important Mm -hmm. to know. Well, what I love about this approach is, and and if we could take any positive, I mean, there's a lot of positives from the past couple of years, and I'm I'm not saying that there isn't a lot of suffering and pain in the world, but one thing we have started being more thoughtful about, what is this virus thing? They live on us, they live in us, they're all over nature way outnumbering anything else that we consider the bad guys, like bacteria and fungi and all this other stuff. So then the question is, when a person gets sick, let's say, let's say, do you guys have children? I, I can't remember. No. Okay. So when a little child, three or four-year-old gets a fever, it's not a high fever, but we would, we would say like, whoa, 101, that's pretty high. 102. Whoa, man, that's really high. It's not that high for a kid. It's actually, if you could take a step back and consider that a fever doesn't necessarily reflect a bad thing, like an infection, it could perhaps alternatively, and this is through the lens of, let's say, anthroposophy, for example, I study anthroposophic medicine. It could be that the body is learning to adapt to some new information that's outside in the environment. 
And the consequences of high fevers, or let's say HPV infection and whatnot, could actually reflect not a bad guy coming in, but the body's inability to adapt and learn from this new information. And what I'm hearing about AHCC, the the immune intel compound, is that if we can give the body the resources to help it learn from this new uh, information coming in from the environment, can the body not just heal itself, but actually become stronger as a result of having that information. And that term, if you wanted to steal it, is salutogenesis, which I love. It's As long as we give the resources to your body, let's say, you can fight off these infections. But as long as we actually have this confrontational experience with nature, we're constantly seeing it as treating the infection. Whereas I don't think that that has ever served us. Like it, it, I mean, of course, washing your hands before I go in and do a surgery makes a lot of sense. But to consider that a virus is just a bad guy out to get us is perhaps yeah. missing something. And I think that we've really seen that over the past couple of years. So, so what I'm hearing from you is this product is this, this well-studied compound, a myceliated compound, is actually helpful in providing the resources for the body to learn from the environment, get stronger, and move forward. And yes. something is lacking if your body gets this HPV. We're, we're focusing on HPV, and I realize that that's yeah. not fair, yeah, yeah. but since I'm a gynecologist, we'll, we'll stick with that. Yeah. If your body is not able to cope with this new information, then stuff starts to go awry, and there's some other message there that perhaps we're missing. Mm-hmm. So uh, one other technique that I was telling you about, Mimi, is pelvic steaming, which is basically a Chinese blend of herbs boiled in a pot of water. You sit on a stool with a hole in it, and the hot steam from this herb blend comes up. It, it hits the outside of the genitals. For a woman, it's the vulva, the perineum around the anus, goes into the vagina, swirls around the cervix, goes up through the cervix, into the uterus, out through the fallopian tubes. It, it just cleanses everything with the mm-hmm. herbs and it stimulates blood flow. So we're not treating anything. We're actually saying, hey, body, we're going to give you a little support here while you clear anything from fibroids to uterine polyps to PCOS patients have actually benefited from this endometriosis, HPV, early endometrial cancer. It's kind of like a no-duh thing whenever you you start to look at the literature where they've studied this. Um, There isn't as many studies as they've had with, with immune intel, but I mean, your entire approach to this has, I think, come from a healthier place where we're actually in alignment with nature. We're not fighting against nature. And that's what the steaming does as well. So what I'd love to do is let's experiment with immune intel plus steaming for people that have yeah. really, really resistant mm-hmm. cases. That would be a lot of fun to to, to figure out. Yeah. Major them. healing collab there. I, I love it. I mean, she's actually got a protocol for, you know, in addition to just taking the capsules, which is this kind of transactional habit that we've all gotten yeah. into as it pertains to way, the way we take supplements and medication and everything. But there's a mindset behind it. There's mm-hmm. a there's a meditation behind it. There's a manifestation practice behind it. She educates that uh, on that quite a bit, even has, you know, a, a course, if you will, mm-hmm. a guide, if you will, on how to take some of these qualitative Mm. Uh, maybe even a more esoteric ideas into the healing process yeah. as you perform this uh, ceremony with the capsule taking, if yeah. you will. I, I tell every woman that comes to me looking, you know, desperate for help and like, what else can I do? What else can I do? And of course I have a course, but I am, as I told you before we hit record that I'm revamping it because over the last two years, I have completely changed how I think about viruses and what they are here to yeah. teach us and teach the body. So if 
in, in my previous thinking coming out of being a dental hygienist and, and having that very, very traditional, I won't say traditional Western approach to treating things in the body, right? I've had to switch. I've had to swing and really start asking myself, does that actually make sense with these other concepts that I believe about the body, that we are a whole organism, that the body is intelligent, that the body is this healing, miraculous, four-dimensional, like multi-dimensional being. Like it doesn't quite make sense to me that these viruses would be here to kill us or, you know, so I just had to open my mind to maybe there's more to these viruses than what I was taught in school. Yeah. So that's why I'm revamping my course is because I'm, I'm using language in there, like kill the virus or whatever. And I've opened my mind to like, I, I think that there's more to the story. So I it's love like to integrate you know, really, the message. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And literally like getting that bodily upgrade, you yeah. know, that's available to us. And so it's a work in progress. It's a, it's a long-term project for sure. But yeah, I love that. I love the the pelvic steaming. It, it, when you're explaining it, it sounds like you're getting the benefits of a sauna. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like directed sauna into the pelvis yeah. in order to, it's like radiating, but it's not, it's not like scary radiation. It's, it's yeah. sort of focusing our, our efforts on improving blood flow in this one area. And the really nice that. thing is, I mean, I've got a woman who's, he's, she is a peristeam hydrotherapist. That's the, the official term. She also approaches it from a Chinese medicine lens. And, and the other part of it is that when I recommend people go and see her, she makes the blend, she sends it to them. It's actually time for you to also just be still with yourself. Wrap yourself up in a warm blanket, put some like really good music on and just sit by yourself for 20 minutes. I mean, we don't do that enough. So so there's also that element. And, yeah. and I'm curious, uh, Mimi, when you have people that come to you for this work, since you, you guys are, are, are pretty darn spiritual from what I can tell, how do you frame that for people, you know, yeah. this message? Like, what is, what is it that you, that you say that helps them tap into perhaps the more, the less physical and the more etheric or astral components of yeah. this healing? Yeah, I love that question. And it's a few things uh, because I don't know exactly where this person stands. They're coming to me and they, hey, I was just diagnosed. What do I do? How does your product work? I have no idea where they stand in the realm of spirituality. Yeah. So I do need to, I need to speak in terms that will land and not offend or turn anyone off to what I have to offer. So it, it is sort of cryptic. I usually start with telling them the science, you know, behind HCC or, okay, you know, look at my guide or, you know, take my course, you'll learn about HCC or listen to this podcast. And so they're dialed in on the science. And then it's something along the lines of every time you put that HCC into your mouth, I want you to close your eyes and tell yourself, I am healed. I am healed. Mm. I am healed. Mm. And when you say that, I want you to actually believe it. And if you don't believe it now, let yourself get to the point where you do believe it. Maybe you start with, I am healing, I am healing, I am healing. Because most of the women that come to me are frantic. They are Mm. so scared. They don't know if they should even tell their partner or anyone. So oftentimes I'm the only person that they've told. I hear words like, I feel gross, dirty, ashamed, frightened, freaking out. Those are all emotions and uh, they're valid, but they are not necessarily conducive for facilitating healing in the body, just living in the stressed state. 
is this anxious state. So the first thing I tell them is to, as you're putting that HCC in your mouth, tell your body that you're healing. I am healed. I am healed. I am healing. If that feels better to you. And then, and I say your cells will believe you. And that's just speaking to the energetics of it. You know, I try to leave the woo language kind of minimal. And if they want to listen to the, listen to our podcast and get more of that, they certainly can, but it's more about just, you're good. Tell your body that you're healing and your body is, and I I really point them back to the intelligence of their body. Your body knows how to heal. We just have to give it the right tools. So it's instilling more confidence in them that their body was created to heal. It knows what to do. We just have to give it some of the right tools. And then like Chase said, in my course, I do have a section on, I keep it pretty vague, but also specific. (laughs) I I take them through this like guided meditation where where they are picturing. And this is another part that I need to revamp. Um, just as I grow, I want my education to grow with me basically and expand with me. So I take them through this guided meditation of maybe they have some cervical dysplasia. Maybe they have something that is not exactly how we need it to be something that is in need of healing. So I get them to focus on that area, put their hands on their body. And just like you mentioned, be, just be still for five minutes because the body wants to know that it's, it's safe to heal. And if we're constantly go, go, go and doing eight hit routines a week (laughs) and, you know, have a stressful job, have a stressful marriage, have, you know, stressful home environment, and you're trying to heal, like your body is not putting that maybe concentrated energy towards healing your cervix, right? That it really should. So just getting that stillness is really important. One of the examples I love that that we use, she uses, I've seen her specifically use this with, uh, with folks is just using an analogy of like picturing a citrus fruit or picturing uh, a lemon. And even if you don't have the lemon in hand, uh, you know, close your eyes, get still picture the lemon, put the lemon up to your nose and smell the lemon, uh, you know, you know, cut the lemon open. What happened? Most people are going to start salivating. They might even start like, wow, I can literally like taste that is indicative of the power of Mm -hmm. mindset and the power of manifestation. And so in the same way, whether this is for HPV, whether this is for your physical health, your mental health, sitting in a place of, and getting familiar with your happiness, what healthy means to you, what wholeness means to you and having a conversation, even just like, you know, as Paul check would say, having a conversation with your soul and requesting your soul to show you, what it feels like to be happy, what it feels like to be sad, what it feels like to be motivated, thirsty, excited, or depressed, unmotivated, sedated, you know, these various spaces and getting familiar with that frequency in your own body, such that you can start to focus and meditate on those and then be very familiar when they show up for you exactly what they are. And I think that alongside this, you know, very specific rational consumption of a mushroom supplement to heal your body is a really a winning combination. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Another big lesson, I think, you know, and this is, this goes back to the, what happened over the past couple of years is the gift. One of the gifts of COVID was if you were really struggling to get through a coronavirus infection, it's a sign that your body is struggling with adapting to this new message. And I saw a lot of people who were, who were asking themselves in this time of, they lost their job, 
perhaps they're on leave from their job and they're still getting paid, but do they really want to go back to that job? Or now they're working from home and they're like, gosh, it's really nice to just have my own space and work here or whatever. And, you know, Paul, Paul's a good friend of mine. Um, I was actually their OBGYN in their second pregnancy. Oh, and so cool. Yeah, it, that's, that's been an amazing journey because I've learned so much new language from him. And, and one thing that I, big takeaway that I took from his teachings is related to really what happened with COVID. So many people took a step back and they were like, whoa, I have the opportunity to not only choose who it, I, who it is that I'm going to be spending my time with, because not everybody's going to be open to me coming over. Not everybody's having big parties. So we're going to have one person over and I love being with this person as opposed to feeling compelled to always say yes everywhere, we were actually mm -hmm. becoming, realizing that like, wow, this person really loves me, even if I was vaccinated or not vaccinated or whatever else. It helped us kind of realize who are the people who are our ride or die friends? Like who is our tribe? And it allowed many people to step back and say, oh my gosh, the way that my life was going wasn't what I was happy with anyways. I can mm -hmm. take a step back from that and I can go in a different direction that I've always dreamt of, like painting or whatever. And in and of itself is actually probably the first step to you reclaiming your health. Because if yeah. you've been going towards this dream that somebody else set up for you, and you're working this dead-end job, and even though your bills are paid, you're so unhappy every day when you go to sleep and you wake up dreading going back to work, you're not in a state where your body is actually equipped to heal. In fact, why would your body want to adapt? This, I don't want to stay on this path. It's sort of like, you know, you're, you're riding your bike and you, you set off for a 60 mile ride and you just don't want to do it. And mile two, you, you pop a flat and you can walk home or you can be like, Oh, I'll just figure out a way to finish the remaining 58 miles. And it, like, maybe that was a gift. Maybe like you actually didn't need to go on that 60 mile ride. Yeah. So it forces you to think like, maybe I'll just take a walk through the park and yeah. you have like the best day of your life. Yeah. So that's the first thing I want to say. So thank you for saying that Chase. I, I think that that's actually a, that's a, for my fertility clients as well. The first thing I ask is, what is your ideal, like what archetype do you embody right now? And which archetype do you want to embody? Mm. And if there's a huge discordance, it can be very confronting to ask people that question. Many people sure. don't even answer it on the worksheet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I need you to, to dig a little deeper and get back to me. But when they start thinking about like, where do I want to be and where am I at now? It starts to actually change the energetics of their body. And if that spirit of that baby is looking for a person who's in line with their mm. own values, uh, and, and I think most kids, you know, would appreciate having parents that are doing something that they love, even if it means being at home with them. I ask them that and they start working through that. And part of the time, I feel like that exercise alone, getting them to really check in with who they are and, where, and, and what their purpose is, is actually enough for their energetics yeah. to start shifting subtly, whether it's adapting to this new message of stress in the environment or a virus, or it's bringing in the spirit of a baby. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. I mean, it's what you're speaking to is, is another thing that I talk about all the time. It's, it's an invitation to evaluate. Right. And that's what I say, you know, HPV is it's not a punishment. It's not, oh, I had sex with this person and I wasn't supposed to. So now I have HPV or I hear all sorts of stories and I'm sure you do too. It's not a punishment. Right. It's literally because 80% of us are going to come into contact with HPV and our body's going to deal with it. We're not even going to know it's inside right. of our body. Right. But what about those other people that it, that doesn't happen? It, it actually does stick. It does land. It does start to cause problems. And so it is an, an invitation to evaluate. We all get different invitations. Our invitation to evaluate our life and the way the trajectory that it was going 
was a really ugly divorce, mm-hmm. really painful grieving process. I can look back now and have immense gratitude for that whole practice or for that whole experience. But in the midst of it, it was shit. (laughs) It was really hard. And that was our invitation to evaluate. Of course, we've had others along the way, but getting an HPV diagnosis or a Lyme diagnosis or whatever, fill in the blank, but specifically HPV, because it has this negative connotation, you know, connected with sex and everything. I don't think most women are seeing it as an invitation to okay, I need to look at how am I eating? What am, what kind of medicine in the form of food am I gifting my body on a daily basis? Am I going to Chick-fil-A five times a week or am I picking up you know, organic produce from my farmer's market? Like right. there's a huge, not only nutritional, but also energetic difference there. How am I treating myself? What kind of language am I, am I, you know, using for myself? Am I, that's big. (laughs) Am I, am I pounding myself in the gym? Am I punishing myself for eating that cookie? Am I in a toxic relationship with my partner? Am where am I uh, not living out the freest expression of who, who I am, my authenticity. And so it really like, it invites you into the space of like, I kind of need to evaluate everything, which can feel overwhelming. Yeah. But it is, it is such a, a transformational process if, if we, but make it so. Yeah. Right. right. Like we have to choose that. And so that's another part of what I try to do. And what I try to inspire women into is like, no, 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 no. Don't take victim mindset. Don't step into that. How can you use this for your personal evolution? Right to create the life that you want to experience because you can, we all have these invitations and yours happens to be an HPV diagnosis. Yeah. We talk about all the time. Like we just believe in this idea of polarity. And so by having these moments of that seem negative, that seem down, it's actually opening up this portal to potential for polarizing that down into this upward experience of being the most profound thing that comes across comes into your life and, and your largest moment for uh, transformation. That is the potential that opens up by this. It's dicey, right? You go into that negative space and it's a slippery slope. It can double down. It can get, it can get twice as worse. This is what leads to depression and, and yeah. just this continued slide. But know that by simply having this negative experience, the idea of polarity suggests that you've just open, opened up the opportunity to polarize that into the most positive thing that you've ever uh, come across in your life. Which is true for us. Our divorce, you know, we came out of it because we chose to move through it in a transformational way. Not initially, but we we did. And now it is, it's Chase's birthday tomorrow. And I was reflecting on how much I love him this morning. And I was just like, just overwhelmed with gratitude and emotion for the last three years where we've been in this part two of our relationship, where I feel like every aspect of my life has completely transformed. And it's not because of him, it's because of us and this third entity of consciousness of love that we create together. And because our souls wouldn't have us apart, you know, and it just... So it does like speaking to speaking to what you just said so beautifully. It's like, this ugliest thing that we both had experienced now, three years later, is our greatest gift. I think having coped with such a such a roller coaster of a relationship together has probably put you in a place where you can actually be present with this work as well. In other words, 
had this not happened, perhaps you wouldn't really be able to do the work that you're doing to help women show up for themselves. Yeah. Or men show up for themselves for that matter. Right. Yeah. I know you've told your story in a, in a wide variety of context. Can you give the like very, very, very long elevator version of, yeah, of, very long of yeah. elevator. Because yeah. <laughs> I, like I don't want to make you repeat yourself because it's a beautiful story. But uh, you know, give us a little taste of of what yeah. your relationship looks like. No, we love sharing the story. We're long winded suckers, so <laughs> I will do my absolute best to keep this abridged uh, without you know you skip, skipping the juicy details. I'm good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, <laughs> wet your whistle child- before this long yeah. story. <laughs> we are childhood sweethearts, baby. Like going back to like 14, 15 years old up in the Pacific Northwest, Washington state, we're going to high school together. We're playing high school sports, long bus rides. Megan is literally my first girlfriend, my first kiss, first love. It's like nineties kids, middle-class America, like total Dawson's Creek level (laughs) childhood romance. And it was perfect, man. It was absolutely perfect. Summers at the lake, you know, watching shooting stars, swearing to each other that we'd be together forever. And just like, so beautiful and and perfect and nothing but play we had no drama in this in this beautiful childhood romance we stay together through high school college in the community that we're from it's it's very evangelical christian and um although we're not like practicing devout christians at this time it's just the culture in this in the society which is before you live you can't live together uh until you're married And so even though we weren't these kind of like law abiding Christians necessarily, it was such a cultural emphasis that we both graduate college and we get married early twenties. It was just assumed by everyone that we knew. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we start adult life, you know, we go from like complete nineties kids, just living the dream and having really a pretty easy life relationship to all of a sudden being adults, debt, careers, trying to figure it out on our own. And uh, I, I jump into a, a public uh, accounting and, and finance gig where I'm traveling all over the country and we start marriage apart. It's long, crazy hours for me. I'm, I'm out on the road all week, late nights, taking clients out, drinking, just a host of lifestyle factors that are so outside of myself. In addition to the fact that we just are dealing with adult archetypes before we're adults, we're still right. immature. We're kids. And no understanding of the masculine and feminine dynamic of, of relationship. No idea that we had these little adult buttons programmed in us from our community, from our parents that when they're pressed, show up as a version of ourselves that we didn't know existed, that we probably wouldn't have chosen, mm-hmm. but we're just unconscious to at that point in time. So shit, we're three years into marriage and we've taken you know daily, weekly, monthly deviations away from who we were, the foundation of our relationship, which was nothing but love, um, the best versions of ourselves. And we are miles apart three years into this uh, marriage. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. And so uh, in Chase's um, effort to, you know, he's picking up on like, things are not good. There's a lot of distance between us. He, your, he, his, um, you know, answer solution, you could say, it was like, we just need a change of scene. We just need to get out of here. We just need to, and he was partly right. Um, but his, his solution was for us to move down to San Diego. So we got an apartment, we were all set to go and he got a you know transfer with his job. I started working on my California state dental hygiene license and like everything was, 
boop, 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 like in, in order. And two weeks before we were supposed to move, I basically came to him with this ultimatum and told him that I wasn't going, that I, I, I couldn't go. And that basically like, you can't make me. And it was a very cold hearted kind of ruthless conversation, basically highlighting all of the issues that had been happening, you know, in our marriage that I wasn't happy. He wasn't making me happy. I don't want to go down to San Diego, but you should still go because if this doesn't work out between us, I don't want you to lose your wife and lose your job. So I basically gave him this ultimatum, like you need to go. It was very cold. It was awful. It was like out of a movie. And so he packed up his car and drove down to San Diego and started this life down here. And I stayed up in Seattle and we were, you know, okay, we're separated now. And three months later, we were officially legally divorced. Wow. And just like that. everything, it was really, really fast. It was really quick. It was out of the blue. I'm sure I know Chase felt blindsided. His family felt blindsided. Like there was so much dis-ease and dysfunction going on inside of me. Um, And I was at the point where I was just in self-preservation mode, where I was like, I can't let anyone get close to me in the state that I am in because they will see how, how dusty my soul is. So I pushed Chase away. I pushed my family away. I pushed his family away. And I, you know, told myself lies, told them lies. And, and, uh, I just basically wanted out because it was too much for me to face. Wow. And so, yeah, then over the next, we had gotten to this place where we were divorced and we never thought we were going to see each other again. We, it wasn't like a, let's work on this. Let's get therapy. No. Let's see how it goes. Let's maybe talk in another year and see how we we never thought we were going to see each other. Yeah, again. In, in fact, for me, my response was, oh yeah, fuck this. I'm going to go out and crush it. This is going to be the biggest mistake of your life. And it was like deleting her number, never wanting to talk to her again. And I was very, very wounded and Oof. very much in my ego. And so it was, I'm going to make more money. I'm going to be as handsome as humanly possible. I'm going to go down to Southern California. I've never kissed another girl at 26 years old. Well, let, you know, let's see what this is about. And spent, and then we, we both went, kind of hard in the paint on uh living the 20s lifestyle entourage we, entourage yeah, exactly, <laughs> that we skipped being yeah. this childhood fairy tale romance we missed our youth right yeah and now we're 27 living in different cities and bumble and tinder exist which is right. a completely different world than dating yeah. in a christian high school yeah, yeah. And, and and we both lean hard into this in addition to mainstream fitness and nutrition, which is exercise over exercise. And while short-term we both get in what would appear to be great shape, it leads eventually to very synchronized, uh, I might add, both of us hitting what some would consider like adrenal exhaustion, complete, you know, mm. bottoming of, of our hormones I've been at there. about mm. 27, 28 years old. This is in yeah. like, we've been, we've been divorced for about two years and we both hit this freaking brick wall of, of health hell. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's at that moment that I realize I got to change my life. And um, I actually leave my public finance career and have, have this newfound passion for health and wellness for adaptogens, these medicinal mushroom things, cordyceps and reishi are completely healing my, my adrenal exhaustion. And uh, I, I jump into the health and wellness space and, and I, I start 
leading a, a finance and accounting uh, function of a startup business called Organify that's in San Diego. Oh yeah. Definitely well aware of them. They're, they make some great stuff. In fact, I'm drinking their chocolate protein right now. <laughs> oh, amazing. Yeah. Well, I, I'm still there. I'm, uh, and it's, it's beautiful. And these people and these products are changing my life. And, and it's literally almost at that same exact time mm-hmm. that Megan is leaving dental hygiene and mm-hmm. she's going into uh, healing her own body, understanding the power of medicinal mushrooms as well, mm-hmm. and going into the culinary uh, school of nu- nutrition. Yeah, the uh, Academy of Culinary yeah, Nutrition. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I didn't even know that there was something like that. So you're yeah, basically learning Canada. to be a healthy cook. Yeah, basically. So yeah, you, you're basically, how do we use food as medicine? So yeah. people graduate from this program, they go on to write cookbooks or be, you know, a, a cook or a chef at a, you know, fill in the blank. Um, or they're just wanting it for their family. Like, how do I use food in a medicinal way? How do I take a recipe and make the healthiest possible substitutions to fit my dietary needs or whatever? So I, I stepped away from dental hygiene, got into this, and that's where I really started leaning into hard HCC education and started talking about it on Instagram. And I created this food that was called Brain Hits that was uh, the only HCC food out there, started selling it online over Instagram and shipping to people and like kind of overnight became this like entrepreneur question mark. I was like, I guess I, I guess I'm an entrepreneur now. And uh, it turned into something really beautiful. Just this gateway of, okay, people want to and need this information that, that AHCC has to offer. And so then I just became super passionate about it. And then we found ourselves in 2000, end of 2018, beginning of 2019, meeting up at this uh, health conference, um, this natural expo, you probably know, not uh, Expo West. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard yeah. about it. I've never been there. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's a, it's a site for sure. But we, we both go for our different jobs and we're like, oh yeah, let's, you know, we'll, we'll hang out while we're there. We'll meet up or whatever, you know, and, and very we, platonic. We had started a somewhat, you know, I'm working at Organifi. She's in medicinal mushrooms. It's literally mushrooms that are bringing the, yeah. the connection back. And we're having these conversations of like, wow, here's this product that I'm loving. Whoa, what's this HCC thing? Mm-hmm. So we're having a very like friendly yeah. conversation after years yeah. of not speaking. And we end up spending mm-hmm. four days together at this, at this expo. Uh, and by the end of it, the connection was just, just tangible. tangible. Um, I couldn't even help myself. And, and I, I just <laughs> stared at her in the eyes and I grabbed her face and I just said, I, I love you and kissed her. The rest is really <laughs> history to, to keep it short. Three months later, we get back together for officially dating ex-husband and wife, boyfriend, girlfriend that August, this was back in March, that August went to Burning Man. And then she moved into <laughs> to my house in San Diego we started our podcast. 2019 was your first year at Burning Man? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, you probably saw my butt there. You probably saw ours. You probably remember yeah. seeing a, a blue glitteratied head to toe, fully naked man riding around on a bike at some oh point. Oh my that gosh, that's amazing. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Got the photos to prove it. So. Yeah, we were like uh, 3.30 and B. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, we were right in that area. You probably yeah. knew yeah. us. <laughs> That's so funny. That's amazing. Yeah. So this is our. Sorry to derail your two. story. <laughs> this is our. Yeah. This is our part two, as we call it. So we now are passionate about helping other other people essentially, cr- like proactively create a life that they love, not just simply following the mainstream script for happiness or yeah. wellness that we've been taught 
You know, it's really branching out and asking, what do I believe? What do I want? What do, what am I passionate about? What do I want to create in my relationship? And it really is this whole deconstruction from the top down. Um, But that's the only way that each individual, each one of us gets to truly live a life that we feel like we've created rather than just living the life that maybe our parents handed to us or our culture handed to us or whoever. Um, and it's, it's just been so rewarding and, uh, the feedback has been amazing. And, and the greatest gift is that we, we just get to be ourselves and push record and it's helping people. So it's just yeah. like, oh, such a gift. Something that a mutual friend of ours, Mark Rove and I chat about a lot is the lack of authenticity in the world. And that's not a, that's not a cynical comment. It's, it's that we're all so guarded and we all just want to make sure that the other person is happy and comfortable in this and that. But that other person is also, it doesn't matter if they're a, a CEO or there's somebody who chose to live in a van down by the river. It doesn't matter. Everybody wants to be given permission to be their authentic selves, but we're always yeah. worried about wh- who's the other, wh- what do they need me to be? Who, who do I need to be right now? What do I, is it okay to say this? Is it okay to say that? And what I'm not advocating for is that you're just like, fuck it. I love abortion or whatever deal yeah, with it you know I, I, everybody yeah. yeah 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 like like you also need to be thoughtful about how what you're saying might impact somebody sure. what i am saying is that when you guys reconnected it sounds to me like the important thing that actually drew you back together a prerequisite was that you were able to show up as your authentic selves and if that wasn't the case then i know that if mimi were were to show you the mirror the proverbial mirror chase that you would actually be confronted by it. But I'm sure she does that for you every single day. And it's the same in my, in my relationship I had shared with you, which I'll tell you the long, the longer version, in the, you know, in the future, but my wife and I met when I was 16, she was 15. We did separate for two years when I was in medical school. And then the stars realigned in a very similar way. And here we are married. And we say we've been married for 20 years because we really never fell out of love. I mean, not that you guys did either, but in our eyes, we were still pining for the other person, even though we were, mm-hmm. we had cut it off and we made sure that we weren't going to be back together. And then we ended up back together. But I think that this piece of relationships is it's not even 50, 50, it's a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And you were showing up as your authentic self every time doing your very best to be the best, not even the best version of you, but to be willing to even accept that I have flaws and for this other person to accept that I have flaws. It's you are free to show up as you today. And that's okay if it's different than yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. It's also a freedom to question who are you today? How are you changing today? You know, different from part one to part two is like, we were unconscious. That's number one. We were just unconscious to our programming. We were unconscious to, mm-hmm. you know, the models that we had as, as parents and authority figures in our community. And they were just getting expressed without any sort of contemplation or processing through those emotions. It was just like, wow, just freaking diarrhea of the mouth and, and behavior. And, and so now we're at this point where it's just like one, the freedom to show up as uh, the same version of yourself as yesterday or a new version and a, and a, a promise to be curious in the other, in the other party's, you know, position. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, how do we have, how do we use our relationship as a mirror for our own persona, our own ego? How do we use it as a mirror for what our programming looked like, what our parents' relationship looked like, what our community uh, suggested marriage and 
partnership should look like. And then like these, what we already talked about archetypes, like Mm -hmm. these macro human energies that are at play that we're so unconscious to, unless we look at them and lean into them. And so we can't help, but just get so stoked that this relationship is a freaking guru. It's a teacher, it's a mentor, it's a Mm -hmm. mirror that is consistently poking, sometimes gentler uh, than others. Other times it's kind of abrasive, but there are moments for looking at yourself and evolving to a a place that is more representative of your authentic self. I'm not going to say better or worse. It's just a a more authentic representation of your soul. That's right. Yeah. Flaws and all. I mean, that's that's what this authenticity piece is about. You don't need to be perfect for the person that if, if you're in a really good relationship, you don't need to be perfect. In fact, they don't want you to be perfect because then they kind yeah. of feel like they have to be perfect. If yeah. you're giving off this imaginary, illusory sort of uh, external appearance that everything is just fine, it's just fine, it's just fine, without ever <sighs> acknowledging that I'm sad or I'm mad, or especially as men, Chase, you know, we're never really modeled how to really be okay with being afraid or feeling inadequate yeah. or feeling not enough or whatever, you know, fill in the blank. Maybe I'm curious... When he kissed you at this at the expo, tell me about what that felt like. Oh, it was the best kiss of my entire life, like bar none. It was okay. So we're in Anaheim. This expo is in Anaheim. <sighs> Disneyland is a stone's throw away, literally like a hundred yards, and so they do they do uh, fireworks every single night. So he kisses me. There's literal fireworks going <laughs> off at Disneyland behind our heads. Did he take credit for that? It was he like cute fireworks? Yeah. It was all planned. I knew exactly. What a mariachi band comes out, and it's like, oh my god, this is amazing! I can't believe it. Yeah. So there was that, you know. But more specifically, you know, between us. So he grabs my face, and he's looking. You know, it's it's firm, but it's gentle, and he's intentional. He's intentionally looking for something in my eyes, and as a woman to be seen fully is really disarming. It's sometimes scary. Um, and, and when the person who's seeing you is a conscious man, that's really disarming. And it can be really scary because again, it's, it's a mirror. It's, mm. an, uh, it's mm-hmm. a mirror for your own authenticity. How are you showing up? And I can see how intentional and how conscious this man is looking for my soul, the part of me that he fell in love with at 16 years old, that was gone when we divorced. When I had that conversation with him and I gave him the ultimatum, she was not there. Mm. I know now who and what he was looking for when he was gazing into my eyes for 30 seconds, which feels like a lifetime, honestly. (laughs) Um, And it was really, it, it was a lot. It was a lot of energy to hold. Um, but we had spent the prior, you know, hour and a half, two hours sitting in my rental car on the street, just parked and really, you know, getting open and and being authentically vulnerable and talking about things that we never talked about in our marriage and, or even through our divorce, like, Oh, fuck, I'm so sorry. I did that. I'm so sorry. I hurt you. I was so out of balance. I was this, I was that. And it was having known, known what, MDMA feels like now it was like we were on a high dose of (laughs) MDMA because our hearts were just open. There was no judgment. It was all love because there was no like strings attached. There was no 
outcome. It wasn't a transaction. He wasn't trying to get anything from me. I wasn't trying to get anything from him. We were just trying to connect at the heart. And when we do that, fireworks fly. So we had spent that previous hour and a half, two hours really connecting and holding hands. And, and so our hearts and our souls were already very connected. And so then when he was looking into my eyes straight on, I was completely disarmed. And then when he kissed me, it was like, fuck, I don't know what this is, but it feels really right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'll share, I'll, I'll share my story another time with you, but you really kind of brought me right back. So I appreciate mm-hmm. you even, I just want to even honor that story. I mean, that's an amazing, mm-hmm. that there's medicine there as well. There doesn't need to be a moral of the story. It was yeah. uh, a very, very heart centered space you were in and you brought up MDMA and, and that's one of those things where one of, I think the reason it works so well for these treatment resistant depression um, clients is that for a moment they get a glimpse at everything being all right in all mm-hmm. of its imperfection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that actually is healing when you can just glimpse that for a second that like you look in the mirror and you're like, I am beautiful. doesn't matter what your you've been taught as beauty, but when when a person's looking into your eyes and seeing you and loving you for exactly the way you are. Yeah. I mean, that's people take MDMA and they're like, I never thought I could feel that way. Yeah. But it's not just, it's again, it's not really the MDMA that's actually here. It's in you. In this world, like, and that's one of the things that's so powerful about the eyes, especially for women, you're born into this world and it's like makeup, clothes, cover yourself, change the way that you authentically look so that you can fit in yeah. and guys deal with it as well, but it's, it's really unfortunately heavily on, on the feminine and no matter what you do, man, you can't bullshit your eyeballs. You can't cover up your eyeballs. You can't hide yourself. And so there is just a, a, a laser into the soul. Mm-hmm. And so by staring at the eyes, you are able to see like it's, it's, it's the gateway to the soul. And it's mm-hmm. so powerful. It's almost like an MDMA experience. If you stare, just like yeah. I, we encourage uh, partners to, to practice eye gazing for at least like 60 seconds. It's unnerving. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's what we're talking about earlier, where it's like, we all want to be seen, but then when we're seen, we're like, Oh shit, I'm seen. <laughs> and so that it's an intense exercise, mm-hmm. but it's powerful, man. And it's, yeah. it's really, really perfect for this type of like deep empathy like mm-hmm. a like a molly experience it's yeah. just deep empathy well i've got two little girls one is a little over two the second was born at home right up there um she's about seven months now wow you know not everybody has to have children are you guys you're, are you guys hoping to have kids someday or you're still thoughtful yeah about we yeah, yeah we uh we think one <laughs> okay well we'll get yeah. into that because i've got a really important question for you when you have a little kid you know, I was like an Ironman distance triathlete. I mean, I, I have, I was a rock climber. I used to, I did my fellowship in San Diego, by the way, at, in La Jolla, oh, cool. at UC San Diego. And, um, I was in LA before that. So I had access to like all of these great spaces and it was just me, me, me and my wife. And we would go off on these adventures and go and do mushrooms and Joshua tree and go to Burning Man and get ripped on something else. And, and I mean, it was like our life and we thought we were really, really happy and we were really, really happy. I mean, we've gone through so much so much stuff together. But had we not had kids, I'm not even sure we would have been elevated to this new place of actually being seen. Mm. Because a little kid, a baby, 
three months, four months, they look straight into you mm. and they're on their own acid trip. Let's, I mean, let's not yeah, beat around seriously. the bush. They're still a guy, they got one foot in the astral, one foot on, on earth, oh, in the totally. earth, earth school. And they're, they're like these wise little Buddhas, but you know, like a, a, a little baby looking you in the eyes or even a toddler looking you in the eyes, like they're really looking at you. And there's a really great exercise there. I mean, there's a really, it, it can be very confronting when a little kid just looks at you like, what are you looking at kid? But like your daughter goes up to you and then pulls on your, on your pant leg and then says, hi, Dada. And you look at her and she is looking into you. Mm. And that is a really, really challenging, confronting experience as a man who thought he had it all figured out. And now there's this little person who can't even tie shoes. And she's like teaching me through this eye gazing. Mm. And that I think is why having kids, it's not for everybody necessarily, but when you have kids, it's a leveling up process where you actually learn way more about yourself Mm. than you ever thought was possible. So my next question for you guys is if you do get to have this little special baby, and I'm sure you will, but I'm saying if you decide to go that path, Mm -hmm. of course you can always reach out. We're friends, but um, (laughs) (laughs) I have a very unusual OBGYN practice. I can tell you that, but... (laughs) What would the ideal scenario for your birth be? And this Mm -hmm. is for both of you because you're both a part of this process. But I'm curious, what is the ideal scenario based on everything you've explored in your own relationship? Yeah. Yeah, this is a great question. We've never been asked this. Yeah, love it. Gotcha. Um, And we've been interviewed (laughs) quite a few times. And so this is great. I, I love this. Yeah. So we, we do talk about kids. We, we recognize how, how much of a responsibility having a child is having another being to not only just keep alive, but to help guide in a way that is adding to the more beautiful world that we all want to live in, right? How do we foster an environment that is conscious and can facilitate growth for this beautiful little soul? Like that's a very big job. And so we we don't take it lightly. It's not a pet. It's not something (laughs) just cute to be admired. You know, it's not just like a, an accessory for your Instagram, right? And so we do take it really, really seriously. So we have started talking about what is what is a conscious relationship with your child look like? Mm. And so we're starting to read books together. And and uh, so, yeah, we, we um, I've actually interviewed um, a doula on my show and I'm, I'm excited to bring uh, excited to bring you on as well so we can talk to you. But I've never never once pictured myself in a hospital setting. And I know some of that is sometimes out of the woman's control, even if she has this idea of what she wants for her birth, you know, some of it is, is potentially out of our control. But with that being said, I've always pictured myself either at home or at a birthing center. And of course, Chase is there. He is my partner. He is my rock. Definitely my mom a team of midwife or midwives, doula, a holistic OBGYN, uh, probably lactation consultant, like ready to go, like, you know, day one. Um, And a a team of partners that we're very clear on what we want the ideal scenario to be. How do we make this happen? Someone who, a a team that will listen to me because I I pride myself on, on having this uh, important and, and a conscious connection with my body and listening to my intuition. I want to be an active participant in every step of the, of the journey yeah. from preparing myself before pregnancy 
during pregnancy and afterwards, I, uh, while I want to be able to lean on people around me, I take full ownership of my birth experience and what I want to create, what I want to hopefully experience. Um, so, you know, some of the like nitty gritty details, I haven't gotten there yet, but that's the overall picture of, of what I, um, what I, you know, think about when I, when I think about that process is, is a team of people who are con just as conscious or even more conscious and, uh, intentional with, with, uh, their craft and their gifts and, um, will help me, you know, create that, that ideal scenario. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, coming from the mainstream world and kind of the environment that we, uh, came out of all I'd ever really known was hospital mm -hmm. births and this sort of like, especially from a, from a guy's perspective or a masculine perspective, there's this sort of toxic masculine relationship with the birthing process. Like, no, dude, you just kind of stay away and you just kind of let it happen. And so that that's in my programming for sure. But over the last few years, just discovering how this can be a beautiful process. Cause if you think about it, if you separate yourself for a minute from some of the mainstream representations of, of uh, kind of like scary birthing processes that are in traditional mm -hmm. um, hospitals. And yeah. if you, if you separate yourself from that a little bit and you just kind of meditate on, on the reality of the fact that there is a human being bringing another human being into this world through the body, through this beautiful act of, mm -hmm. you know, lovemaking. Holy shit, man. It's like, it, it makes me want to cry. It's yeah. a beautiful, beautiful spiritual experience. Mm -hmm. And I would want that to continue through the birthing process. So beauty, I mean, if it can be in like a rainforest waterfall environment, that'd be perfect. Uh, but, but a, a surround, a surrounding of love, a container of beauty, uh, and so everything you're articulating yeah. is, is perfect because that, when I think about it and I separate myself from just like the imagery of what we've sort of been accustomed to being with this almost like scary surgery, like experience, yeah. it is nothing but the, the most beautiful, natural miracle that takes place all the time that none of us ever just sit and appreciate, um, mm -hmm. to the degree that we should. Yeah. I would, I would add trust in the process, yeah. trust in my body. Um, as I, you know, I, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking of so many more things like trust is huge. And that's something that we've all been faced with over the last two years is like, do you trust your body? Yeah. Do you trust your body to take care of you because you've taken care of it? Like it's your job. Um, so I, I want to definitely be in a place of trusting my body in the process. Like my body already knows what to do. I could be in a coma and it would have this baby, right? Like, <laughs> trust the process. And also a, a big, you know, word that has come is coming to me is transformation. And I'm, I'm reading this book right now called the woman's wheel of life by Elizabeth Davis. Have, have you ever heard of it? No, I haven't. I should write it's it down. Am it's amazing. And it's totally helping me evolve the way that I think about female archetypes and the blood mysteries of childbirth and menses and um, how much power there is there and living in a patriarchal dominant society. I have grown up and especially in the evangelical Christian world where there's a lot of taboo stuff, Yeah, periods, sex, childbirth, all falls under 
kind of the taboo, like, oh, we don't really talk about it. It's kind of gross. It's not, it's not, it's not particularly applicable or appropriate at the dinner table type of, no, we just don't talk about it. We just don't talk about it. So, just, <laughs> and so I've, I, as it, coming into womanhood and adulthood and, and really asking myself, what do I want to believe? What do I want to experience? How do I want to treat my body? This book is helping me uh, evolve that and and really like leaning into and thinking differently about this, how much power and intelligence my and magic my body holds. And every month I get a reminder of that magic. Yeah. It's not a burden. It's not a, you know, like, oh, type of where most women think about it that way, where it's like, oh, yeah. this is going to fucking ruin my vacation. Yeah. And I'm, I'm totally developing a new relationship with the magic that exists in my own body by reading this book and also just, you know, reflection and meditation and like, what do I want to teach my future, future daughter? I wish I would have had this book when I was 16, learning about all the different phases or, or uh, archetypes that a woman can go through, you know, the daughter, the maiden, the lover, the priestess, the sorceress, the matriarch, the, the uh, midwife, all of yeah. these different ones. Yeah. And how much more appreciation and love I would have had for my body and, and the power and this transformation that is available. And one of the archetypes that I love specifically that I'm coming back full circle to is trans the transformer. Mm. And she, she depicts these uh, archetypes on a wheel and in the middle is a blank. There's no words for it. It's just the transformer where that's the, that's the, the womb that is the cauldron and that is where we transform. That's where all the shit goes down, where you feel like your life is falling apart, but really you're transforming into the sorceress or into the priestess or into the mother. Interesting. So going from a maiden lover to now a mother, that birth transformation process, I think is going to be, you know, it could be the transformer where you're in a bath, you know, and you're just surrounded by the people you love. And it's really fucking hard. You've, you didn't know your body could do what it's doing. And all you have to do is just be witness to it and just go with the flow and ride the wave of the transformer to then become the mother. And I yeah. think kind of looking at it in this way, like if I step into that whole experience, knowing that I want to be transformed by this, and not thinking that I have it all figured out, but just being open and surrender to the process. I think it's going to be a really, really beautiful experience. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I could say so much about that, but we'll probably have to talk about more of this later or when I'm on your show or something, we can dive a little deeper. Yeah. I think I that that is them. the healthiest approach to the anticipation of being a mom that I've ever heard, honestly. Mm. That is wow. a very, very uh, wise way to approach this. You're the first person that has brought it up as a transformation of spirit, which mm. is exactly what it is. And for mm. you too, Chase, you guys are going to be stepping through a portal. Your baby is literally passing through a portal. I mean, mm -hmm. literally and figuratively. Mm -hmm. And as the baby emerges, there's this transformation of spirit. It's being embodied with all these subtle energetic bodies. And I only know this because I know it. I was there. And I don't say like, what's the evidence or whatever else? Like, I'm just telling you, if you're there and you pay attention and you've been to a thousand <laughs> plus births, there is some magic happening there with a CK at the end, magic. Yeah. The embodiment of those subtle energetic bodies is happening for the baby while you are trans transforming from one, one archetype to another 
And Chase, the same is happening for you and the archetype of your relationship, what you guys have embodied as a couple is also transforming. So the best piece of advice that I was given in our first birth, even I was though I'm an OBGYN and I'm an expert and all this other nonsense, you're not an expert in becoming a dad. There's no, there's nothing yeah. to that. There's, you're not an expert in watching your wife go through the most rapturous mm-hmm. and simultaneously scary, but also extraordinarily sexy. Like, and I don't mean sex like, mm-hmm. like pornographic. Yeah. I mean when you see a woman embodying womanhood, there is a sexual energy there that is like, yeah. you stand back in awe of this process. <laughs> the, the, the tiger roars and you're like, what is this? Yeah. Whoa. And like that draws you closer to them. And it's not just the oxytocin. I'm sure that, that it maybe explains it chemically, but it is more than that. It's energetically, you, you suddenly are drawn to this person in a way you've never been drawn to them. Mm, yeah. I love that. That makes sense. That's, I think actually people, people miss the idea of masculinity so often because the most masculine I've ever felt is when I'm the stage for the Mm. feminine Beyonce Mm. and Beyonce is just going crazy on the stage (laughs) because she's so full and like, that is the power of the masculine. I I use this analogy a lot where masculinity, a lot of times is looked at like a blacksmith, very direct pounding metal to create a sharp instrument it's this and it literally shows up in sex that's how men oftentimes are having intercourse with their significant other or or just somebody directing where the pleasure is going with literally with my penis yeah Yeah. versus i think real masculinity is like the the artist potter Mm. who is penetrating their hands but they're they're only a container Mm -hmm creating enough support so that the potential of the feminine through the clay can actually mm-hmm. express itself to the fullest. Ooh, I love and, that. and, and that it's penetrating. Yes, but it's penetrating with a container with the, with the mm-hmm. availability of freedom Safety. such that the feminine can show up in her most authentic way. And, and that's, what's kind of like coming up for me as you're yeah. describing this process where it's just like gentle container stability, such that the feminine can blossom to the fullest. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. And if we can approach the day of a baby's birth, not even just focusing on the birth, which actually makes the mistake of slipping into this being a disease that is, you know, we're going to fix whenever the baby comes out. Instead, if we, if we consider when you're going to, when, when this baby comes out, it's going to be a moment in time. But for the next 18 years, you guys are going to completely shift energetically and how you care for this other little person as they grow and as they learn everything from you from your relationship to how you interact with your neighbors, to what you put into your body, to how you speak to one another, how do you speak to yourself? How do you mm-hmm. show up? How, how present are you? So the best piece of advice that I was given, which I always give to everybody else, and this is, this is unsolicited advice. You're welcome. Love <laughs> it. I love is, it. To, is to focus on what comes after this baby, even more so than the day that the baby comes. Cause I think a lot of people make that mistake. And I even some sort of made that mistake where my wife had to have me say out loud, you have to say out loud to me that things are going to change. And it was really hard for me. We were in our little apartment in Claremont down the street from you guys in San Diego. And I was like, okay, things are really going to change. But I mean, I'm still going to go climbing and stuff. And <laughs> <laughs> So she was doing that for you to make sure that you understood. She yeah. knew that I understood intellectually, but she's like, yeah. I need you to say it out loud for us that That's things are going to really change. Really good advice. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, which 
you're speaking to this one here. <laughs> well, yeah. I already, I already got the sense that we, we kind of already know each other in some weird way. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I also want to make myself available to you guys and to anybody mm-hmm. because I've been through this as a father, as a doctor, as a, as a recovering doctor, I can say. And, um, it is much more than a medical procedure. It's much more than a, it's not a disease process at all. In fact, I don't even call my pregnant clients patients. I call them clients or my friends or whatever. And uh, it's way, way, it goes way beyond that. So within the medical system, the way that we treat birth is, is that it's a problem to be fixed, but there's no problem. Like you're, you are going through the rigmarole of this energetic transformation that is just a part of the natural world. And um, kind of tying it back into your work with, with immune Intel, we are just holding space chase for this as the mountain and, and, you know, holding a, a vessel for the, for the liquid to work its way through the land. Mm -hmm. And if we can get that right, that's the role of the divine masculine. And in a similar way, when we, you know, give immune Intel or we give the right tools to the body, the body knows how to do this. And so I'm trying to bring it back to your product line, because I definitely want you to, to talk about that while we have a few minutes left. But I do have one more question for you. Yeah. What is something you've changed your mind about recently? I stole this from Kyle Tierman, who uh, we, we were just interviewing together. And I thought it was, it was like one of the hardest questions that I've been asked on a podcast. Mm. But what is something you guys have changed your mind about recently? This is interesting because this is one of our recurring questions that we give our guests. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Maybe he got it from you. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> no, no, this is, this is great. I, I don't mind jumping in for me. Yeah, go for it. Um, something that, that comes up for me, I've already talked a little bit about it, but my profession, I'm a, I'm a former financial consultant, CFO, wore no hat of accounting and finance for most of my career. And man, I, I really started to just hate it wanted to be a philosopher and a psychologist and, you know, study world religions and, and the epistemologies of great thinkers and just wanted to separate myself so far from this very corporatized uh, profession and skill set that I have. And anyway, the last few months I've kind of gravitated back towards just questioning how I can actually apply those skills in a softer, gentler uh, way. And I can't help my my way of thinking sometimes, and it's very business and it's very rational and it's very strategic. And I've, I've almost felt like guilt as I started to evolve and become more conscious in my life and more intentional because I had this just very kind of cold left to right, top to bottom perspective on business and finance and money. And so I've been changing that, just being curious about how it can be um, productive for abundance and productive for um, creativity and equality. And, um, so I'm kind of in that space where I'm shifting this skill set that I have into not something I'm, I'm sort of ashamed of or, or repulsed by, and rather, how can I use this, uh, for, uh, very intentionally for, uh, creating and impacting other people in a positive way. Right on. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Mimi. I have two and they're, they're both super on brand for who we're, who we're speaking to. The first one is, is sort of a, a quick one. Um, I went through uh, a pretty intense body dysmorphia phase in my life. And, and that was at the, when we were like at our rock bottoms. And I developed this kind of tick, this body tick where I would 
basically check my body, like check my, how flat my stomach was. And I would do this thing where I just put my hand on my stomach and I would be able to tell like, am I bloated? Am I this? Am I that? And it became a habit to where I was doing it unconsciously. And it was this constant check-in of, oh wow, is my body where I think that it should be? Mm. And it, it has carried on for years because it was so unconscious and it was so just ingrained in me and becoming more conscious and becoming more spiritual and starting to develop this relationship with my body as treating it like a friend that I'm responsible for helping, not a slave, not a uh, someone I'm here to punish. I've shifted to now where I, when I catch myself doing that, just like having my, my hand on my stomach and like where I would previously check in, like, is it where I want it to be? Now I'm flipping it to where, and I've been doing this for probably a year now, maybe, yeah, maybe eight months or a year where I am sending energy to my womb. Now where I catch myself doing that, Mm. taking something there where I could be like, Oh, why do I do that? And like shaming myself, like I shouldn't do that rather flipping it, transmuting it into something where I'm, I keep it there even a little longer and I send energy to my womb. I think about my future daughter or son, and I connect with that little spirit that I'm, I'm, you know, this, this body will help, you know, facilitate their growth and everything. And so that's something that I changed my mind on. And I didn't even like really like sit down and do it consciously. It just felt right. It just came to me. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do that from now on. And it's, it's been really beautiful. And it's just, I mean, there's so many lessons in that and, and, and body dysmorphia. And, and, and um, if there's any woman listening where that's something that you still struggle with, and I'm not perfect by any means, but is there maybe a way where you can flip something where you can transmute it in a way where now you're looking at yourself like a friend, like, like your best girlfriend that you're here to help. What does she need in this moment? You know, um, so that's something I'll leave it there. I'll, I'll drop that. my other one, but that, that explanation took a little longer than I thought it would. So that that's, that's my answer. Well, the way that you guys show up, even in our first formal chat together, uh, if this is how you embody yourselves in your everyday life and in your, and you show up in your relationship, I think it leaves a lot to be uh, desired for many of us. And you guys really do show up in so, in such a, an authentic, loving, compassionate way even in a conversation like this, uh, I knew this was going to be really fun to do this. If that's any reflection of how Mimi, you are approaching the business with AHCC, I'm very, very happy to, to be supporting mm-hmm. you. Where can people find you both and specifically the products or the programs that you want them to hear about? Yeah. So uh, thank you, by the way, yeah. I totally received that and we could speak with you for four more hours <laughs> and be just delighted. And hopefully there will be more, obviously yeah. we, we want to have you on our show as well. So the medicine.com. So our show, our podcast is the medicine podcast and that's M E D I C I N. So no E on the end right away. You know, it's a different type of medicine that we're talking about. So the medicine.com. And then if you're in, you know, the, the podcast land in the podcast world, uh, the medicine podcast and my Instagram, that's where I hang out and do a lot of education. I pride myself on answering every DM myself might pay, take me a few days to get to your, <laughs> to get to your request, but I'll see it. And, uh, that is, um, at Mimi underscore medicine. Yeah. And, and I'm on Instagram. Super easy. Uh, the chasing one, the underscore chasing one. 
it's a play on the chosen one. I think I've had it since, since college. <laughs> um, it's way better than my, in, my handles when I was in college. So. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, you know, pointing people to another, another point of outside of just immune Intel. Um, we're actually really excited about this, but we're coming out with a, a mushroom latte uh, product. Oh my god! I can't and so we we have just really wanted to do something sexy. Um, AHCC is killer, and it's just such a badass. But coffee and elixirs are, and adaptogens are such a major pillar of our life that we've literally been like formulating a really cool latte blend, no uh, caffeine free. Two of our favorite uh, mushrooms, tremella and chaga mushrooms, it's got over a gram of mushrooms in the latte itself. And then it actually, uh, has a flavor profile of like a cinnamon roll. Mm-hmm. So we're calling it, what? it's called mushy love latte cinnamon swirl. And it's just an invitation for people to start enjoying having a relationship with their mm-hmm. food, with yeah. their body, maybe other, other human beings. And so we're really fired up about this. It's, it's actually going to go live in like July. Um, so if you're interested, it's on our website, you can sign up for, um, early VIP access to get, to get your, your first bag. And uh, we're stoked about this product because mm-hmm. it tastes crazy good. It's yeah. so in line with everything we believe in. It's all about love and relationships. Um, yeah. So we're stoked. We like to say that we wanted to create a product that was reflective of two of our biggest passions, which is highest quality mushrooms and highest quality love. And so that is mushy right love. Um, wow. And then, yeah, Immune Intel AHCC is our private label of AHCC. It's available on our website, themedicine.com. And uh, Nathan, you have a discount code. I do. Um, I, I, can you, do you remember the code? I think it's Beloved. I think it was Beloved. Beloved. Or okay. is there is there a percentage number? Let me actually look on my, yeah. uh, my shop. Uh, is it like 20% off? Is that what the code is? It was 10. Yeah. 10. So it might be Beloved 10, but yeah. I have it on my, my website here. Hang on one second. I'm so sorry I don't have it on the top of my mind, but I... Oh. Oh, it's okay. I've been adding so many new brands and yeah. yours good. is one of the recent I get beloved it. When 10. You have beloved 10. When you have cool. like 30 discount codes attached <laughs> to your name, attached to your identity, yeah. it's yeah. like I don't remember at this point. I know. Um yeah. I know. So and you know, if you're looking for uh, further HCC education, we do that on our podcast, on my Instagram. And then if you go to my link tree in my Instagram, I actually have a free AHCC guide that you can download wow. to your computer and uh, it, it'll answer a ton of questions talking about dosing, safety, his, history, efficacy, clinical research, FAQ, where you can find it, all that good stuff. Well, this episode is going to be released in early July. So Great. maybe oh, perfect. whoever out there is listening right now, you can probably go to the website and start signing up. Yeah. Right yep. So yeah, perfect. Right on. Well, Love guys, it. thank you so much. Uh, what uh, an honor to, to meet you and you know, I uh, if I'm ever in San Diego in the near future, I go and see Paul Check quite a bit. If I'm down there and I can go and rent one of those wave storm boards, Chase, we can go out there yes. and, and I can look a fool in front of you if that's cool. Maybe you too. Maybe. I don't <laughs> yes, know if you please. surf, but God. I hope you hit us up. I hope you hit us up if you come to San Diego. Yeah, I will. I will. I absolutely will. I'll extend the trip a little bit. Paul lives up in like Escondido, like up in the mountains. Yeah, yeah we'll be there in two days, actually. Yeah, we're, we're, we're headed up there Saturday. Yeah, head yeah. for a workshop. Oh, nice. What's the What's the workshop? Rock stacking. Yeah, Zen oh, in the garden. God, that's awesome. Yeah. Whew. It's going to be a hard day. Bring long pants and long sleeve shirt just in case because those rocks Definitely. will rip you up. So, Definitely. yeah, seriously. And it's going to be 75 and sunny. So, that'll be fun. <laughs> oh, Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's hot and dry up there. Well, tell them I said hi. Give them a big kiss for me and kiss Angie and Penny and all the kids. And we will be in touch. Yes, absolutely. Awesome. Thank you. Alza la frente en alto y camina bien, alza la frente en alto, alza la frente en alto y camina, alza la frente.
Well, I hope that that was as inspiring as it was for me. I am recording this outro immediately after sitting with Chase and Mimi and hearing their story. And just, there are these two people that when you meet them in the real world, you really see who they are. And there's something so rewarding about that. We do get, the, of course, into that in the in the interview, but can't emphasize that enough. It's just so nice to meet people who are authentically themselves because that gives me permission to just be me. And I bet if we got to meet each other on a very deep level, we would probably find things we disagree with, but that's actually not the point. That is a real relationship. And, and you can tell from their journey that they've gone through that, the ups and downs and the learning from one another and the asking in a respectful, compassionate way about what they need from one another. And I think that there's a lot to that, especially when people are on their fertility journeys. If you and your partner are not in alignment, not being honest with yourselves or one another, you're going to find that it makes this process a lot trickier. And I think that HCC Immune Intel, Mimi's product, is very much, it serves the same purpose, right? Like if we don't, if we don't give our relationships what they need, they can't grow. If we don't give our bodies what they need, they can't clear these quote infections. They can't learn from the environment, which I believe is the gift of viruses from our environment. There's a lesson to be learned here. And if your body gets sick, perhaps you even die from something. It's because your body wasn't able to integrate that message. So what can we do to support the masses, their immune system, but also their energetic bodies with the resources that they need in order to harmonize? And every single day you're different. Every single day you need something slightly different. You know that, I know that. This is one of those, as Mimi says, the sort of whole body supplements. Like this is really where it's at. So I'm super fortunate to get to know these guys. You can find all of their information in this in the show description. The name of the product I'm talking about is called Immune Intel, A-H-C-C, Immune Intel. And I have a link on my shop, as well as links to all the other products that I, I am so happy to be promoting right now. But Immune Intel, A-H-C-C, from the medicine uh, without any is the product. You can find the link on my website under the shop page. The name of their podcast is The Medicine Podcast. Again, it's M-E-D-I-C-N Podcast. And their new um, new product, Mushy Love, will be released shortly after this episode drops. So I will have a link on my website as well for that. You can go and check it out. Um, I'm fortunate enough to have already tried it and um, freaking love it. So we're gonna have that up on there as well. I can't believe I can't imagine like a cinnamon roll flavored healthy latte made with mushrooms at night while I'm watching Netflix or something like that. That sounds amazing. Our official sponsor of the show, getfitforbirth.com slash beloved. You can save on all of their online coaching courses, whether you're a, a client looking for one-on-one -on -one coaching or if you're a coach out there looking to improve and enhance your skills in caring for women of all stages in their life. Um, go to getfitforbirth.com slash beloved. You'll save 20%. And then Full Well Fertility, best prenatal vitamins on the market. They also have men's virility uh, compounds and their Nourish Nerves treatment, which is amazing for sleep, calmness, relaxation, etc. Go to fullwellfertility.com. Use code BELOVED10 and you'll save 10% on your purchase. These are two companies that are so much in alignment with what I'm doing that I'm super happy to be supporting them and promoting them. And there are podcast sponsors. Without them, we really can't continue to do this at the Holistic OBGYN Podcast. One final little reminder, this is not medical advice. Everything here on the show is educational, and we're doing our very, very best at that. So support our sponsors so we can continue educating the masses about a more holistic approach to the care for women and how to uphold the midwifery care model and the more subtle energetics at play that comprise the human organism. Until next time. 
I'm Nathan Riley, Dr. Nathan Riley. You can find me at belovedholistics.com. I've got all kinds of goodies there, including my shop where you find all the products that I have brought on handpicked by me because they're in alignment with me and I recommend them to all my clients. You can find me at Instagram or TikTok at Nathan Riley OBGYN. I'll see you next time on the podcast. Take care, everybody. Alza la frente en alto y camina bien. Alza la frente en alto. Alza la frente en alto y camina. Alza la frente en alto.